with excessive stress, our body releases these excessive amounts of cortisol, okay? And cortisol in high amounts is toxic to our brain. Yeah. And the, the regions that are most vulnerable are the ones that have the most receptors for cortisol, which are the hippocampus and the prefrontal cortex. So mm -hmm. hippocampus is our learning and memory center of the brain. So it's interesting because some of the more recent research is showing that the memory issues that we experience as we age might not actually be age itself. It might actually be stress over time that is doing that to our hippocampus, right? And then the other region, the prefrontal cortex, gosh, that's involved in so many different things. That's kind of the part of our brain that makes us the most human. Uh, it's responsible for our higher level thinking processes, cognitive processes, like planning, decision-making, future-oriented thinking, motivation, goal setting. Um, it's also responsible for regulating our emotions. So when that part of the brain isn't functioning properly, it can also contribute to a lot of other challenges like anxiety and depression, because if the regions that are supposed to regulate those emotions are not functioning properly, then the regions where those emotions are arising from can just, you know, run rampant, get a little out of control. You are listening to the ultimate biohack for women a movement of women who know what they want and go get it. You know the answers lie within. Reach in and grab hold. This is a movement, a movement of women who tune in and turn themselves on. Now you're biohacking the woman's way, integrating the art and science of hacking your biology like a woman. Tap your magic, conjure your yes, upgrade, elevate, maximize your potential. I'm Dr. Brandy Victory, and this is a movement, a movement that is sure to hack your soul. Okay, here we are. We're live. We are actually <laughs> live. This is so exciting. Okay, good. So um, thank you, ladies, for your patience on that. Uh, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to Dr. Ashley Bell. Uh, as you, if you've been uh, hearing my little broadcasts about, uh, she is going to help us learn how to optimize our brain and body. Brain health is a, you know, I don't know, Dr. Ashley, if I've even told you this, but, um, brain health for me has been a, uh, a really important piece of my life lately. Now, granted, I'm only 47 years old, but within the last year I've had my own brain challenges. So I've been really working to optimize my own brain and, and see what different technologies are out there and different supplement protocols and food protocols and lifestyle protocols and everything I can to really learn the different ways to enhance my brain function. And it has actually helped a lot. And, and actually I was in that process when I had a session with you, which I'm going to be excited to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's fun. Um, so just as a, uh, introduction, Dr. Ashley Bell is an internationally renowned brain health expert, and she's a respected leader in the field of neuro neurotherapy and integrative mental health. She has completed her doctoral degree from the College of Integrative Medicine and Health Sciences at Saybrook University, where she received the highest honor of, of the Dissertation with Distinction Award for her study examining the use of Loretta neurofeedback and HRV biofeedback as interventions for chronic PTSD. 
So she has a lot of other license from public speaker, speaker to social worker, and she's a really highly respected expert in her field. And I'm going to let her fill you in on all the rest because I could go on and on about her bio and it would take a whole hour. <laughs> so I just want to thank you so much for being here. It's such an honor to have your presence and your knowledge and your wisdom come for my ladies here in the group. And then of course, when we broadcast, Brad, broadcast this out to the podcast, uh, followers and listeners, uh, I'm sure they'll be touched by your words as well. Good. I'm so glad this worked out. It's just such a pleasure to be here. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you and I'm just excited. I, I think that, um, my story and the things that I've learned over the years is, uh, something that I'm hoping can provide some hope and some encouragement to the people listening today. So kind of do my part, giving back. <laughs> so thank yeah. you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. You know, and as we've discussed before, uh, one of the really real reasons, a couple of reasons why I love sharing these podcasts with my listeners is number one, I love sharing this, this diversity of, of healing techniques and, and, uh, technologies and things that we are so new and so out there, or maybe so far away from mainstream that many people don't have the opportunity to even learn about them. And so my, my goal is to help people understand that it doesn't matter what, honestly, it doesn't matter what you're going through. If you've been like going to your doctor and they're telling you your labs are fine, but you still have symptoms and pardon Pardon my background noise real quick. Sorry, we've got roof workers, <laughs> bad timing, <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't matter what you're going through. You know, if you keep hitting up against a brick wall, if all the avenues that you're trying, there is another way. And my goal is just to constantly bring new ways of understanding and healing and learning so that we can all have the potential to heal. We all have the potential to heal, but to have that door exit that to access that door to your potential to healing even more greatly. So thank you. Oh, most definitely. I am a huge believer in that, that we all have the capability to heal. You know, I think that so many people these days are told that they're just going to have to suffer with something for the rest of their life, you know, and they're going to have to take this pill for the rest of their life. And maybe some cases that's true, but a lot of cases, I think that we just have so much more capability to heal ourselves if we just give our brain and give our body what it needs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that you have a very profound story around your own brain healing. Would you like to share that with us? Sure. Yeah. Um, I've been quite, been through quite a journey, um, both physical and my brain health, um, both brain and body health, I should say. Um, you know, I had a, a pretty healthy childhood, you know, I, it wasn't perfect, <laughs> definitely had my challenges, but, um, overall I feel really grateful for my years growing up. Um, my life took a turn around age 21 and I had gone over to Ecuador for an international social work opportunity. And at the time I was, you know, determined to solve world poverty and <laughs> really interested in, um, helping people who were experiencing trauma overseas and things like natural disasters and everything. And so I had gone over there and was volunteering in a medical center in one of the most impoverished areas of Ecuador. 
And while I was there, you know, it was such an incredible growth experience. Oh gosh, I wouldn't change it for the world. It was really, really powerful for my life and my own personal growth. Um, I was there for about two years. And when I was there, I, I got sick a lot. <laughs> and, you know, as um, Americans <laughs> don't have the strongest guts, you know, we're very sanitary mm -hmm. here. So mm. we go to other countries and we're a little more vulnerable than people from a lot of other countries. Yeah. So I was getting sick a lot. And each time I got sick, you know, the rule of thumb down there was you just walk down the street, go to the pharmacy and they hand you a pill and you take it. <laughs> so at the time, you know, I was still young and naive and didn't really know much better. Um, and I was integrating with the Ecuadorian culture. So I did that. And, you know, sometimes I'd feel a little bit better afterwards, but over time I, I stopped getting better and things just continued getting worse. Mm -hmm. And um, by the time I came back to the United States, <clears throat> I was really feeling sick. You know, I was just nauseous every single day, vomiting quite a lot. I was so fatigued. It was just exhausting, even just to walk down the street. You know, I felt like I had these weights strapped to my feet. Um, I ended up developing a chronic headache. So that headache was just there constantly every single day. And then for about three to five days each month, it would turn into this full-blown migraine. Um, I had bloating, you know, heartburn, all the gut symptoms, right? Lovely gut symptoms. <laughs> mm -hmm. So after my experience over there, my first assumption was, okay, I probably have some parasites still, right? So I went and got tested and the test came up negative. You know, they said, nope, you don't have any parasites. So from there, the doctors started a series of other tests and really trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Um, even did exploratory surgery. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty oh. crazy. We'll never do that again. But at the time, you know, again, I was young. I didn't really know any better. I hadn't studied any of the medical stuff yet. So um, I trusted the doctors and sure. unfortunately, you know, they weren't finding any answers. Everything they were finding was just basically confirming my symptoms or confirming that there's something wrong. You know, they were finding things like inflammation in my gut and inflammation in my sinuses and uh, things like that. But they were failing to find the root as to why I was experiencing these symptoms, right? So I basically spent the next nine years with this chronic, undiagnosed mystery illness. <laughs> and the more time went on, you know, the more I just felt one system after another in my body just going out of balance. You know, my gut continued to get worse. I actually developed small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or SIBO. Oh. Mm -hmm. I developed a candida overgrowth. Uh, I got a hernia, not sure if that's related or how much, but it's all connected, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, developed over 50 food sensitivities. That was a little limiting. Um, I ended up developing an immunodeficiency. I um, had signs of inflammation in my brain as well. Um, my hormones were thrown out of balance. I actually was experiencing really terrible menstrual cycles, developed endometriosis. 
my cardiovascular system was thrown off. I uh, developed something called uh, orthostatic hypotension. Mm. So basically, you know, that's when your heart fails to effectively speed up your heart rate when you stand up and push Mm. that blood to your brain. So whenever I would stand up too quickly or did anything that would just slightly lower my blood pressure, then I'd pass out. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, it could go on and on, you know, there were issues with my liver, with my pancreatic function, you know, basically my body was just breaking down on me. So, um, I was really struggling. Um, I was a pretty determined, well, I've always been a pretty determined person. So I wasn't really willing to let my life just stop for it, but I didn't have any solutions. Right. So how that ended up is I would just push through it. You know, I would, push through the sickness, um, push through the headaches and the stress and everything that I was experiencing at the time. Um, I just push and push. And then I'd get to the point where I was so sick that I was bed bound for a couple of days. You know, mm. um, at the time I was also just super busy, bent over backwards in a, an unhealthy relationship at the time, um, working myself into the ground, stuffing my emotions. Sure. <laughs> um, definitely not listening to what my body needed. So, you know, I think that all of that looking back really contributed, you know, just the stressful life events, um, not giving my body what it needed, some significant losses at the time, you know, it probably had my nervous system in a more sympathetic state, which is the stressed state. So, um, you know, our body can't really heal when it's in that stress state that is designed for these brief bursts of activity and for saving our life and healing wounds on the skin, but not so much like killing parasites or maintenance immune processes or digestion, you know? So Mm. I think that all of that has contributed. Um, But the thing is, is my body was breaking down but I still kind of had my mind, my determination, my brain on board, right? And so sometimes I just felt like I was this brain, like dragging this body behind it. <laughs> I was just oh, wow. so frustrated with this body for not keeping up. Yeah. Uh, but then I started to lose that too. My, I was in a, a bad car accident and I was stopped in traffic and hit from behind at about 60 miles per hour. So that accordioned me between that car and the car in front of me. And I remember, you know, after the accident, I was feeling really dazed and confused and just a little didn't really know what was going on. Um, But it didn't even cross my mind that I might have a concussion. You know, at the time, I didn't realize that you could get a concussion without hitting your head. And I hadn't hit my head. So I didn't really think much of it, didn't seek medical attention. But after that, I really started struggling with my attention, my memory. It was terrible. Um, I was having a hard time really thinking clearly. I felt like my processing really slowed down. Um, I became hypersensitive to light and sound. My balance was off. You know, so I kept having more accidents, and uh, mm. I like to snowboard. So I found that you know I was having more snowboarding accidents, which wasn't helping the issue. <laughs> sure. Um, but I think the worst part of all of that is I I felt like my intelligence took a drop. You know, and 
that's something that I always kind of identified with throughout my childhood and growing mm-hmm. up. So in a way, I really felt like I was losing myself through all of this. Mm. So, so that was pretty devastating, you know. Um, it's interesting because over time, I actually adapted to it. You know, it's amazing how adaptable we are. Yeah. <laughs> but I somehow, you know, convinced myself that this was normal and that this is what everybody's experiencing, right? Mm. Everybody has a poor memory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it didn't really stand out to me until I went to this event. This was kind of a, a changer for me. Um, there was an event in which there was a four-digit code on the door for the bathroom down the hall. <laughs> and I you know, was going out, tried to memorize the code, got down to the bathroom, and I couldn't remember the four numbers. So mm. I went back to the first door and tried to memorize it again, went back to the bathroom, forgot it again. (laughs) So I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. You know, at this point I'm like about to pee my pants. So I'm like running back to the first door and literally just repeating that number over and over and over in my head until I got down, finally got in the bathroom. But it was a bit of a wake up call because obviously everyone wasn't having trouble with this, you know, like, otherwise it really wouldn't work to have the sign on this door and the code down the hall. (laughs) Quite a few messes to clean up. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that was like a realization that, okay, there's something going on with my brain that I might need to get checked out, you know? And if that wasn't a normal thing, then maybe there was a way that it could actually get better. Right. But unfortunately, you know, I still didn't know what to do about it. My doctors at that point had kind of given up on me. You know, they had done their tests. They couldn't really find anything. Um, Sometimes their approach is just like, okay, you know, maybe you're just stressed. You just need to, you know, um, work on your stress. And it's like, that's good that they're recognizing stress is connected, but it wasn't the only thing. I think sometimes that's used to just write it off, you know. Sure. Um, So I just started trying my own healing. You know, I started doing a lot of research. I tried pretty much every diet you could imagine, thinking Mm -hmm. maybe this had to do with something I was eating. I tried various different supplements, um, healing ceremonies and practices from all sorts of cultures. Mm -hmm. Nice. (laughs) I tried acupuncture, uh, yoga, you know, anything that might be able to just free me from this mysterious illness. Um, I even tried some cognitive approaches because I was like, well, maybe just in case it's like in my head or I'm manifesting this, I want to address that too. And I feel like all of these things were really valuable, especially for my own personal growth, but they weren't quite getting to the issue or to the root of it, right? You know, some things helped a little bit, but they weren't taking care of it. So. you know, I continued to get more discouraged over time. You know, I had these big dreams. I always felt like I was going to have this big impact in the world and really do something significant. And it was getting to the point where I was just so exhausted that I couldn't even imagine like putting the effort into that, you know. Um, but I kept moving forward, you know, one foot in front of the other, kept searching, you know, each time. I'd try something new, have some hope for it. And, 
you know, there were a lot of things that, you know, they didn't quite work out. So then I'd lose a little bit more of that hope, but keep going on. And finally, I found some answers. Um, I found my answers through functional medicine and through a brain assessment. So there were kind of two pathways. One was really working on the body piece and one was working on the brain piece. And those were my saving graces. I'll talk a little bit more about it, but I was finally able to get to the root of what was going on in me. And once I knew what that root was, I could take everything that I had learned over the years and put it together into this program to basically heal myself. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, it worked. You know, after about uh, three to four months, I was feeling amazing. And I am happy to report that at this point, you know, I'm in some of the best health of my life. I'm really enjoying life. <laughs> And just excited to be able to share with others who are maybe going through something similar or really just still in the depths of their healing, um, hoping that maybe I can provide some hope and encouragement to them and also just some tips for how they can start to get out of that. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's, that's an incredible story. And I mean, you kind of say it like, Oh yeah, this is what happened, you know, <laughs> but I know, and all the women out there who are suffering with any kind of health disorder knows with all of that stuff that it's, it, it, it was very impactful. I, I know from my own experience and obviously my patient's experience that when we're in, we, you know, first you get the, get the mystery illness, right. From Ecuador, Ecuador, right. Mm -hmm. Ecuador. Yeah. Yep. Ecuador. And, uh, and then you get hit by a car. I mean, like or getting a wreck. So it's like, whoa, you know, and then I can only imagine that at that point in time, you were just almost, it's a, it's a very interesting point for a lot of people to lose hope completely. Mm -hmm. Like, especially yeah. if your brain's dysfunctional, like you don't even have the wherewithal to think about hope because what else yeah. is there? You've just, your whole life is just going down the tubes and it, it yeah. can seem like that's all there is. And this is the way my life is. And I'm, I'm saying this because ladies, those of you who are hearing this right now, if you're thinking that about yourself, if you're like, wow, you know what, I guess I'm gonna have to live with this the rest of my life, or I'm just getting older. And so there's probably no hope for me or whatever your story is. I want you to just like write it down and scratch it out and put it in a fire and burn it. And it's a full moon at the, at the moment of this recording. So our Facebook group ladies have a special opportunity for this moment and, and really like burn that up because you, you have the ability to heal. We all have the ability to heal. It's just really about finding the pathway that unlocks your healing potential. And obviously for Dr. Ashley Bell here, it was um, a lot of things. Cause I think it took all of those things in your learning to get you to figure to the place you got right. Uh -huh. And very clearly functional medicine and the brain scan and the brain analysis were, were two of your strongest um, motivator or helps, you know, uh, for, for getting well. And what that says to me is that oh, this isn't just one problem. This isn't just, you know, we always want the doctor to say, oh, you've got this and we're going to do this and we're going to fix it. Let's wrap it up and put a little pretty little bow on it and have it be done. Right. And we all want that. But the reality is, especially in this day and age, 
that's not the reality of diagnoses and, and, and healing. Are you finding any of that in your practice? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always complex, (laughs) you know, when it comes to our brain and our body, Mm. it's never just one thing, you know, because all the systems in our body are so interconnected that that's why, you know, I like to address it from various different angles. And I had to do that for my own healing because even once I found the root, by that point, all the various systems in my body were out of balance. And if I only addressed one at a time, then the others would just continue pulling it back out of balance, you know, so you have to address it from all the different angles. And unfortunately with our, our bodies and our brains, uh, quick fixes aren't a thing, (laughs) you know, like wounds Mm -hmm. don't heal overnight, especially wounds that have been with us for several years. (laughs) So I think that that's almost (laughs) like a, (laughs) yes, exactly. (laughs) So it's, um, one of the the tricks of our society of like thinking that quick fixes actually exist. And unfortunately they don't, especially if you're going to be creating lasting changes, you know, you can take a pill that makes you feel better for that day, but when the pill wears off, then the effects wear off. Right. And sometimes over time it can have less effectiveness um, or create other problems of its own. There you are. Whereas when you're actually healing the, root causes in your brain and your body, that's just going to take some time. It's a more subtle healing process. But once you start that process, I think it's also like an exponential curve. You know, you can Mm -hmm. have this like long little plateau in the beginning. And then finally, like once you get things more balanced, each one contributes to the other. And Mm -hmm. then you get that upward spiral (laughs) where they compound and then you start feeling better and better. Yeah. You get some momentum. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It feels really good to have momentum. Mm -hmm. And I I know that I'm sure that you've seen people I'm imagining because you see all kinds of people. I know, I know you see athletes and then you've seen people who have traumatic brain injury. You have people who have mystery illness and, you know, I'm, I'm sure that it, it, you know, again, it, it, I'm sure that you've seen people who have like been at the quote unquote top of their game, or they've been healthier than ever. And then for some reason they've lost that, that health, that level of health or that level of well being for some unknown cause. Right. And to, to actually lose it, it, it's kind of scary. So how do you, how do you help people navigate that process, um, through that, through that loss and through that reintegration of health? Yeah, well, I think um, that's a good question. And I I can't really say it's the same across the board. I think that it really depends on each individual. It depends on what they've lost, um, depends on their their process of healing and um, where they're at, their values, their belief system. You know, I think that it's uh, first of all about really hearing out the individual and getting a very clear idea of their experience. Because, you know, I had my own experience and I've learned from that, but I also can't assume that somebody else's experience or their perceptions are going to be the same as mine. And so it's really about taking it 
you know, with each individual, but that's kind of our goal here anyways, is to get everybody to that peak performance state. Mm -hmm. You know, we do have people who are really high functioning individuals and then maybe experience something like a concussion or a traumatic event or something that really altered their life. And I think it's important to realize that for those individuals, normal isn't good enough. (laughs) You know, they really want to be optimized above average, right? But we also have people who are coming to us really struggling with severe depression or severe PTSD or agoraphobia, you know, where they're really not able to function and really, really struggling. And yet, we would still have the same goal. You know, it's not just about alleviating symptoms. It's about optimizing somebody's potential, really helping every single person that comes to us to become their best self, not just, you know, managing symptoms. Love that. Mm-hmm. Love that. That's why it's complex. Yeah. I think, you know, because a symptom might be an indication of something, you know, if you've got hypothyroid and you're gaining weight and you're tired, then, you know, maybe your thyroid needs a little support. But if we're looking at, if we're looking at optimizing a life, that means optimizing the whole body, the whole being, not just the thyroid. Am I right on that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the thyroid doesn't operate independently. (laughs) It's also connected to other things. And so Uh, sometimes even just balancing the thyroid, there's uh, some other things you need to address alongside it. So, yeah, I'm curious. So, uh, you know, obviously if you've had a traumatic brain injury or you've had some, you know, significant illness like Lyme's disease or something like that, um, that would obviously affect your brain health, but how, how often, or how much do you feel like emotions and emotional trauma affects brain health? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, quite a lot. (laughs) Mm. Um, So my specialty is actually in trauma. That's uh, my first specialty, I should say, was in the treatment of trauma-related disorders. And one of the reasons I entered the field of neurotherapy in the first place is because I was learning how much traumatic stress or even just chronic stress, excessive stress, how much that actually physically damages our brain. And I was seeing so much research on this, but very few people were even presenting solutions. <laughs> it was just like, oh, well, that sucks. You know, they're just going to have to live with that for the rest of their life. That trauma really ruined their brain. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so I couldn't accept that. And so I started really delving into the research, trying to find ways to actually heal the brain, reverse some of that damage. But the thing with stress is that. Like I said before, stress is really designed for like bursts of activity, right? It's designed for if we had a tiger running at us, it gives us that extra oomph, that, you know, strength to fight it off or to run away really fast, right? But then it's supposed to come back down. And unfortunately, I think that, you know, with people who have endured traumatic stress, especially things during childhood, it didn't really have the opportunity to come down. And I think even with our current society, a lot of times we don't give ourselves the opportunity to come back down. It's just that chronic stress state. And so um, 
what happens with that is with excessive stress, our body releases these excessive amounts of cortisol, okay? And cortisol in high amounts is toxic to our brain. Yeah. And the, the regions that are most vulnerable are the ones that have the most receptors for cortisol, which are the hippocampus and the prefrontal cortex. So mm -hmm. hippocampus is our learning and memory center of the brain. So it's interesting because some of the more recent research is showing that the memory issues that we experience as we age might not actually be age itself. It might actually be stress over time that is doing that to our hippocampus, right? And then the other region, the prefrontal cortex, gosh, that's involved in so many different things. That's kind of the part of our brain that makes us the most human. Uh, it's responsible for our higher level thinking processes, cognitive processes, like planning, decision-making, future-oriented thinking, motivation, goal setting. Um, it's also responsible for regulating our emotions. So when that part of the brain isn't functioning properly, it can also contribute to a lot of other challenges like anxiety and depression, because if the regions that are supposed to regulate those emotions are not functioning properly, then the regions where those emotions are arising from can just, you know, run rampant, get a little out of control. Um, not to mention that if we've been through some kind of excessive stress or emotional stress, those regions might be pretty fired up to begin with. So, so yeah, has a pretty significant effect. Uh, what we tend to see is that it's also a two-way street. So, you know, these different experiences throughout our life, both physical damage to the brain, which a lot of people don't even realize they have, you know, even things like skiing and snowboarding can cause some damage to our brain or as you've seen car accidents. Um, but then the different experiences that we have in our life can cause some damage as well. And then, like I said, that can contribute to some various issues um, as far as our mental and cognitive functioning. But then those issues can continue to exacerbate the problem because, for example, if we have high anxiety, then that can continue to trigger that stress response, which can continue to further harm our brain. And that's why I think that a lot of people experience that downward spiral where whatever they're struggling with in their mental health can just continue to go downhill. Mm. I absolutely believe that. I mean, I've experienced that in my own body. So just let me kind of just recap that just for our listeners for a second. So what, what, what she's suggesting here is that whenever you had some kind of trauma or even just significant stress and gosh knows that we are living in a stress world right now, we, we don't, we don't even know. And, you know, there's this wind of conversation that's happening around what's going to happen around the elections. And right. So now everybody's like wired about what's happening and can't sleep and there are drain are constantly producing cortisol and this is creating an inflammatory response in the brain. So even if you haven't had any significant trauma, even if you had a great childhood and you and everything was hunky dory in your world, uh, you know, likely just the state of affairs of the world today are creating an increase in brain inflammation. Would you agree with that? Mm -hmm. Almost yeah, definitely. 
yeah, the state of the world, the stress, and not to mention diet, <laughs> lifestyle, you know, there's definitely other factors that it all can compound and lead to that inflammation in our brain for sure. Yeah. And, and for myself, like, I don't know, maybe a year ago now I had, um, I was, I was making a shift in my work and this was all before COVID, but I was still, I was leaving all the, I was practicing for other doctors and myself and building an online business. And so I was making this wow. huge transition in my life. I was leaving the doctors and just focusing on my own practice, building my online stuff. You know, I had a lot going on and it was stressful. And what I noticed was that I started forgetting my words. Have I told you the story? Mm-mm. Oh um, man, let me tell you, it is a scary, <laughs> scary thing to not be able to access your words. So I might, I might say this, this, and, and somebody would say mug and I'd be like mug. Like it was like, I couldn't even know the word. And then I would, I mean, just within minutes, you know, this, this crystal crystal, like I could not, and I know a crystal, I know a mug, I know a pen, right. We're lost. I couldn't access them. And it got to the point where I stopped talking because I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to know what I was going to say. Oh my goodness. It was scary. (laughs) It was terrible. Like I'm, I'm emotional just telling you about this because it was so freaking scary. And so I've been just, I dove into brain health and brain science and he, you know, how do you regenerate the brain through all these different modalities? And, and it was actually about the time I came to see you. And I don't think I even tell, well, obviously you haven't told this story, but I didn't, I don't know if I even connected that what we were doing could have some impact on that. But mm-hmm. what I do know is that I'm so sensitive about my inner, inner workings of my body and brain, because I, you know, I've, I've had to overcome a lot of stuff. One of them being bipolar manic depression. And the only way I was able to do that was to get really, really quiet and listen very deeply to what's going on in the internal so that I could follow the wisdom that is your healing wisdom. And so I made that, I made that leap and made that happen. And so I have an innate deep awareness of what's going on in there. And so when I did your process, which was really, really cool, ladies, I just want you to know. um, Yeah, it was just so cool. (laughs) I can't even describe it to actually, I'll have you describe it to them. Uh, And it was really neat. And so she scanned my brain and we did all these things. And uh, I had come in with a headache. And uh, obviously under stress and forgetting my words. And, um, and honestly, I can't say if there was a direct correlation to my word recall, but I I'm recalling my words now, which is really great, but I did walk out of there headache free. I felt so much more relaxed and quiet and centered and grounded. Like there wasn't this inner conversation. You should be doing this. Oh, did you do that? Da, 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 da. You know, there's all these voices and conversations sometimes that go on in my head because I'm handling mm-hmm. so much. I know I'm not the only one that does this, right? And if you, if you, I'm just thinking, and I can't wait to do more of this work with you seriously because mm-hmm. I, if I can just constant like practice, and it's, I would imagine that it's a process of retraining. And so if I can retrain my brain and nervous system to be quiet and be present. I will be so much more in the flow and get so much more accomplished and feel so much better about myself and my reality in the world that I I can't even imagine a greater bliss. Yeah, most definitely. Well, again, it's just being that optimal self, you know, you're an amazing individual Mm -hmm. already. What if we could just remove any barriers to where you can just 
let your true self shine without anything blocking that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm so glad to hear that you're doing better though. That is so scary. Yeah, it is scary. And I'm sure that you've seen people with those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah what, what is your experience with them? With clients that have experienced similar things yeah. to what you experienced? Sure. Um, yeah. So I think that um, with the client's it's always, again, individualized. It's not the same across the board. Everybody's got various different things. Honestly, I feel like everybody could use these services because we all have challenges. Uh, But it really depends on what's going on in their brain and how that's contributing. So yes, we do have clients come in that are really struggling with memory and we've seen significant improvements. Mm -hmm. Now with memory, we've got the part of our brain where we're forming those memories, which would be that hippocampus. But then we've also got our prefrontal cortex is where we recall that, where we bring it forward to actually utilize. So with yours, it was more of a prefrontal, I'm assuming, because it was your ability to bring the words forward. You knew the words. Yeah. You just couldn't get them. Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, a lot of times when we get those regions balanced out, then the symptoms associated with those naturally start to fade away. Uh, we also do neurocognitive testing here. And so we get to see a more objective measure of things like memory, attention, cognitive flexibility, et cetera. And so we actually get to track people's progress and see how memory improves significantly. I can tell you with my own experience, uh, how poor my memory was. Like I was saying, I couldn't even remember four numbers in a row. And I did nine sessions of the neurotherapy. So just for our listeners, that's part of what we're talking about is neurotherapy. We'll get into that a little bit more, but I had done nine sessions on myself after seeing what was going on in my brain and what needed help. And I remember pulling out my credit card and memorizing the entire thing just like that. It was just easy. (laughs) And that was like 16 numbers plus the expiration, plus the three on the back, you know? So I do do know. (laughs) (laughs) So that was just a game changer for me because all of a sudden I didn't have to put so much effort into memorizing things or even just learning in general. It just came easily and naturally. I removed the barriers, right? Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine, you know, just kind of going back and thinking about this whole stress, adrenal brain inflammation kind of thing that's obviously happening for a lot of people in our world right now. And it's probably happened for many, many, many other people since their childhood. Um, you know, and, and I'm hearing you say that, yeah, we have people and we see improvement in their, in their memory. And, and my, um, my invitation to all of our listeners is don't wait till you have a memory problem to do something about it. Seriously, 
Like, first of all, I did, I had no idea, like me of all people, like I'm honestly the healthiest person I know, <laughs> like me of all people, I'm having a brain challenge. Like it was a real big surprise. And it took me, it took me by surprise. And it was a pretty emotional thing. And I would say I'm about 97% recovery. I mean, I have every once in a while a glitch, you know, <laughs> but I'm like, I think most people have a glitch, but then that's the thinking that gets us in trouble. Oh, mm -hmm. I just forgot a word here and there. Oh, I left. I don't know where my keys are. Oh, I'm just getting older. Those are the conversations that should be indications to you that, Hey, maybe I should have my brain checked before mm -hmm. I get into my forties, fifties, sixties, and seventies and can't really have as much potential to turn this stuff around. Yeah. It's definitely always easier to do prevention. Right. Uh, but with the brain in particular, because what can happen as those parts of the brain start to atrophy, as they're getting damaged by things like cortisol, right? Then those neurons get so under-functioning that they're just kind of barely there and the brain is use it or lose it, right? So mm -hmm. if those neurons aren't getting used properly, then eventually the brain's just gonna prune them out. <laughs> it's gonna True. get rid of them. These are just like getting in the way, right? Mm -hmm. And so then it comes to, okay, now we have to create whole new neurons, right? Which we can do. Fortunately, now we know that we can create new neurons throughout our entire lives. Um, the statistics show about, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they show about 700 new neurons a day if we're giving our brain the right, uh, right environment, the nutrients that it needs, the right conditions, essentially. That's so that's great. Yeah. Uh, now, 700 neurons compared to almost 100 billion. <laughs> well, <there's laughs> yeah, <that>. still not <laughs> <laughs> it's still a lot easier to just prevent those neurons from being shed in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there's still hope. There is uh, definitely ways to repair that damage. Um, but the more we can prevent it, the better. Yeah. You're, you're reminding me of, I don't remember the movie and I think there's probably multiple movies out here like this, where you take the pill and it turns on your whole entire brain and you become uh, a superhero mm -hmm. or something, you know, <laughs> or you have these superpowers and like, yep. Oh, maybe one day you'll figure out how to turn on all the neurons in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that. <laughs> For sure. What I can tell you is that, um, we tend to see a lot of people come in with what's called a low power brain. So mm -hmm. what that would indicate is like all the neurons of their brain are under functioning and mm -hmm. they're either like not getting adequate nutrition and uh, oxygen, blood flow, you know, or they're just slightly impaired. And so what we do tend to see is that we can boost that power and get those neurons to full functioning. But mm -hmm. Definitely one of my like nerdy side interests is finding out how to create super brains. <laughs> ah, I'm so, so happy to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> so I yes, um, those movies will keep me up like all night because my mind will just go, you know, keep running round and round of how could we actually make this possible? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, that's so for cool. sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, as you're speaking, it's kind of, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm here. I am 47. I'll be 48 actually this month. Um, mm -hmm. you know, since I probably turned 45, 46, I've noticed changes happening in my body. Like 
I'm really healthy. I'm very active. Uh, I, I, you know, I've, I just like doing things. I'm in, I'm very much in my body and I plan on continuing that, but I've also noticed that, oh, interesting. When I do these certain sports or activities, I get hurt more easily, or I have to really focus on my alignment more when I'm hiking. Otherwise my hip or my knee is going to bother me, you know, like these little things. And, um, you know, there's always, room for improvement, but I'm also watching my boyfriend who is 12 years older than me, kind of, he's like a little bit ahead of me and I'm like, wow, okay. I'm, and he's, he's a really well-balanced person and he listens to his body really well. And I'm watching him shift like from, um, from his hard, intense, uh, high intensity interval training workouts to more of a slow body weight calisthenics, more yoga, more, you know, he's really, I can see he's changing his workouts because his body is changing. He doesn't really talk about it all that much, but I, I know that's what's happening. And, and I'm thinking, okay, I mean, I can see that as I get older, I'm, probably going to have to keep modifying. I mean, come on, when I'm 80, am I going to be able to do cartwheel? I hope so, but I might injure myself. Right. And so I'm thinking about this stuff and I know, I know people commonly when they have like a really like they're athletic and they have a lot of functionality in their body. And as they start to age and they start to break down just from the different chiropractic patients I've seen over the years, so many are like, I'm just breaking down, just getting older. You know, like that story is so common, but the thing is, what are we going to replace that with? Right. And I, I really often, uh, dream of the day that we have society like they have in Ecuador, where we're honoring our, our the wisdom of our older people, that they're actually a integrate integrated part of, of the household and helping taking care of the kids while we're doing the labor. And, you know, I, I really believe that as we get older, we become so much more wiser. And so I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking out loud because I'm thinking, Wow. Well, if we can continue to improve our improve our brain function, we can continue to uh, create more more wisdom and gain more clarity and wisdom, and we're able to offer that in a new level of awareness and consciousness when our brain is functioning, when our body may be not. Yeah, definitely. And that's something that I've also seen in our work is that when people's brains are functioning optimally, it also opens them up for things like spiritual growth and uh, the, you know, post-traumatic growth, not just post-traumatic stress, you know, things where you're actually able to really delve into these other things that are continuing your own personal growth process, your, um, collection of wisdom, right? People are able to meditate easier and they're able to really take in information and tap into their body, tap into their subconscious in a healthy way, right? Not being overridden by their subconscious, but actually being able to connect with it and learn from it, connect with our bodies. Um, relationships, we see people's in- relationships improve, you know, because when we're feeling at our best, then we're able to actually connect with other people easier. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. I think that plays a pretty big role. And that's where, you know, it's not just about the brain. There's a lot of other factors and our own life experience is a key part of that. But when we get our brain functioning better, then we're better able to engage in all these other things and continue that growth process. So 
Awesome. Awesome. I love it. It'll be really, really fun to see where it all goes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just wondering if you just kind of briefly explain, explain what the neuro cognitive neuro neurotherapy, is that what you call it? Neurotherapy. Neurotherapy. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe even touch on the functional medicine and how they integrate in your practice. For sure. Yeah. So, um, First of all, I was realizing that we kind of left the listeners hanging as far as oh. like what was even the issue that was making me sick. So <laughs> oh, yes, please. Maybe let me share that as part of the functional medicine because people are going to be like, ah, oh, she never told us. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for sure. So uh, with the functional medicine, basically what that is, is it's a science-based, but more integrative medical approach to things where it's really focused on getting to the root of the issue. And for me, one of my saving graces in functional medicine was in doing a test called the GI map. And Mm -hmm. that's a test that assesses various aspects of your gut health, but it also tests for the DNA of parasites, bacteria, fungal overgrowth, all of those various things. It's testing for the DNA. And so when I did that test, I found out that I actually had three different parasites that I had been living with for these nine years. And that's just as far as what was on the test, right? (laughs) But that was a game changer because first of all, once I knew what exactly I had and that, yes, I did indeed have parasites, my first gut instinct was correct. Uh, I later learned that the Western test that had been done for parasites only tested for three different types. They were like the three most deadly types. And it was testing for the spores, which are only present during a certain part of the life cycle. So even if I did have those three types and it wasn't done at the right time, it would have come up negative. So this was something that having the DNA, you know, parasites are constantly shedding their DNA. So uh, doing that test, I was able to see that, okay, I've got these three parasites that I need to address. And then the brain assessment is where I saw that, okay, my brain was really struggling. I found evidence of the various concussions from that car accident, as well as snowboarding accidents, things like that. Definitely had some evidence of those and was seeing you know, certain regions of my brain that were fired up related to things like uh, the sensitivity to light and sound, right? Those regions were just on fire and I had to calm Mm -hmm. those down in order to not have that sensitivity, right? So those are key pieces in all of it. Functional medicine, you can also look into hormone balance. You can look at citric acid profiles, you know, what are the different levels of neurotransmitters? Am I deficient in certain micronutrients? So uh, that's one of our key pieces for getting to the root when people are experiencing things that are really wreaking havoc on their health, their physical body health. And if we see signs in their brain assessment that indicate, okay, we might have some inflammation, we need to really find where that inflammation is coming from. As far as the uh, brain assessment itself, we utilize a few different types, but 
the primary type is called SW Loretta, and that's where we can look at specific brain regions. They're functional brain regions called Rodman areas, and we can see specifically what is out of balance, what is producing too much or too little activity, and we can look at communication between brain regions to see where it's maybe lacking connectivity or where brain regions are overly connected and thus creating this like traffic jam and really slowing down our processing speed. So those two are part of our initial assessment. We like to really just delve in, see if we can get to the root first and foremost, because if we can find the root of what's going on and also see how that's manifesting in the various systems in a person's brain, as well as the various networks, or I mean, systems in their body, various networks in their brain. <laughs> I guess it could go the other way around. But <laughs> so we're looking at the whole person, you know, we're doing psychosocial assessments, uh, brain body wellness assessment, looking at different symptoms. Uh, we even do a psychophysiological assessment. So we're looking at how stress is manifesting in their body, essentially. But we try to take the approach of this person is not just a brain. This person is a brain and a body. And, you know, they've got the physical, the cognitive, the emotional, the spiritual. And we want to look at the whole picture and address each client as that whole person. So, Beautiful. yeah. Um, so I guess then I'll explain a little bit more about the next steps of what we do from there, you'd asked about the neurotherapy. And I think that's the main one that people may not understand. You know, the functional medicine is kind of straightforward. Once you know what the root is, then it's about addressing it and, you know, helping balance hormones, heal the gut, you know, get rid of any pathogens, right? So, um, it takes a more natural approach, you know, usually diet, lifestyle, supplements, um, but really trying to get to that root. Neurotherapy is a little more complex. <laughs> Essentially, what it is, is we have various different types. One of the types is called neurofeedback. Another is neurostimulation. Okay, neurofeedback is where we take everything that we see in the brain assessment that is contributing to a person's challenges, their symptoms, and we can put it into what's called a brain-computer interface software. So what that is, is their brain is being read by the computer in real time, and then the computer software is responding to their brain activity to help guide it in a different direction that's healthier, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, I will use uh, the analogy of a globe. So if we have this globe and here's all the different brain regions, different metrics, like connectivity metrics that are outside the healthy range. And then we know that there's a smaller globe within that that's the healthy range of activity for each of those metrics then we would say, okay, for the software, we're going to ask the brain to bring these metrics one step in. You know, if we put it all the way at healthy range, then they're not going to get any feedback. Uh -huh. But one step in, then what we do is we connect the brain to something that provides audio and visual feedback, because that's the primary language that the brain speaks. So 
one of the best ways to do that is using movies because movies are motivating to people. So they actually get to choose whatever movie they want, just normal movies, Finding Nemo. <laughs> and <laughs> people like that one. <laughs> I'd probably fall asleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have Limitless too. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Now you got my attention. <laughs> so basically we say, okay, brain, you know, we want you to bring your activity one step closer to the healthy range. And when you do that, the movie is going to zoom in and play. Okay. And when that activity pops outside the range that we're asking, then the movie zooms out, sound goes out with it. So the brain is initially experimenting, just kind of doing its own thing. And then it starts to realize that, oh, whenever I do this, the movie zooms in. And whenever I do that, it zooms out. Right. And because the person, the individual wants to see the movie, they're trying to bring it full screen. The brain figures out what it has to do to make that happen. But this isn't a conscious process, is it? So a lot of it is subconscious uh, because we're working on subconscious parts of the brain, right? Some of it is conscious. And especially, for example, if we're working on the prefrontal cortex, that's a little more conscious. Um, But the subconscious regions, that's why we're using audio and visual cues because they don't understand, you know, words. (laughs) They understand these cues of like, okay, yes, you're on the right track. No, you're not. Right. Mm -hmm. But the brain will learn similar to like training a dog, you know, you want it to sit. So you give it a treat when it sits. And then next thing you know, it's sitting all the time. And so our brain actually does the same thing. (laughs) So cool. Yeah. So and cool. What, you can train, train the subconscious intelligence then in, in that way. Yeah. And it's amazing because we can do it more directly. You know, there's a lot of things that we can do to address the subconscious. And, you know, there are certain things that we like to do in conjunction with it, not in place of, but it's nice to be able to say, okay, that brain region is out of balance. We can address that directly right? Rather than just a roundabout way. And that's how we're getting like a lot faster healing, a lot faster results because we're getting right to where it needs it. So, yeah. And I mean, just for our listeners understanding the subconscious controls 99% of your bodily function. So your heart rate, your breathing, your potential Mm -hmm. to heal your hormones, your adrenal function, like it goes on and on that your subconscious is in control of all that. And gratefully, so we're not going beep, Heartbeat, lungs breathe, digestion happen, hormones pump. Like we can't do the trillions of things that our Mm -hmm. subconscious is in control of every single moment of every single day. So when you're up-leveling your subconscious intelligence this way and being very specific, I can only imagine that the healing potential is just so much faster. Yeah, most definitely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much how it works. And, you know, once you show the brain a new pathway and then you keep guiding it down that pathway and reward it for going down that pathway, then it strengthens the new pathway. It actually, in our brain, it physically will get thicker and more durable. It draws these cells that wrap around that new connection and make it the new superhighway. So that's how, you know, we may have these patterns in our brain that it's used to taking that really aren't that good for it, you know, but it's the only path it knows. And when we guide it down this new pathway and get it thick enough that that becomes the new automatic, then the old patterns just start to overgrow and, you know, fade away. So 
we have seen in the research so far, you know, it seems to be making changes, structural changes in the brain to both gray and white matter. Wow. So yeah. So that's the exciting piece is we're literally able to like reshape the brain, but individualized to what each person needs. Oh, such beautiful work. I know we're coming up on our time, but I was wondering if you could talk to us just for a second about how that integrates with the seven essential branches of brain body wellness. Most definitely. So the neurofeedback, that is one of the core pieces. Um, We tend to help the neurofeedback process with the neurostimulation. Um, And so those are kind of the core. But then, like I said, there's all the different systems in our body, all the different pieces of our overall wellness are integrated. So we've put together this integrative neurotherapy program that I've, um, through my own personal experience, as well as my education and clinical experience, have learned is really the most effective way to get people where they need to be on that physical, emotional, cognitive, spiritual level. So uh, the first um, of those branches is getting to the roots. That's discovering what is at the root of it. The next piece is eliminating what is causing harm. So, you know, I have a saying that it takes a lot of aspirin to kill the pain if you're still sitting on a spike. (laughs) So that's a good one. (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of our first step is, okay, let's look at what's going on, what's continuing to harm our brain and see if we can eliminate it. Okay, so stressors is obviously one of those pieces. If you've got a whole lot of stress and there are ways to adjust that, obviously we can't always get rid of stress. But first of all, we can learn how to regulate it better so it's not having as much harm. But then if there are things that we can reduce, we can do that. Um, Things like toxins, pathogens, inflammation, anything that's really harming the brain, we want to try to eliminate that as much as possible. And then the next step is to repair the damage. So uh, this is where we're getting into things like neurogenesis and synaptogenesis. We're trying to create new neurons, create new connections. You know, there's various things that we can do to assist that process. And so we do a lot of education with our clients, teaching them how they can enhance that. And then we have certain tools that can assist that as well. Um, The next one is nourish. So nourish, we are looking at obviously the nutrition, making sure the brain is getting the nutrients it needs. We're looking at things like sleep. How can we improve sleep quality? And, you know, exercise, sunlight, nature, all of those basic human needs, we want to really nourish the body with that. So those are some of the pieces building up. And then we use the neurotherapy as part of our reprogramming. So we're rewiring the brain at that point. We're trying to, you know, uninstall some of the old programs, install some healthier programs, Um, So this is where we're using things like the neurofeedback, we have uh, transcranial direct current stimulation, which can essentially turn off or on certain brain regions, you know, activate, deactivate. We've got the transcranial. Yeah, pretty cool. It works with GABA and glutamate in the brain, actually. Um, 
And we've got the transcranial alternating current is similar, but it's actually putting certain frequencies. So if people are deficient in say alpha frequencies, which are like the good feely frequencies, <laughs> a lot of people tend to be deficient in those. So we yeah. can boost those in a person's brain. So oh. we use all of these different things alongside things like, you know, maybe some mindfulness training or some um, gratitude practice or various things according to where each person is at in their process to just reprogram the brain and the body toward these healthier ways of functioning and being. So, yeah. And then the last two uh, balance is where we're getting into all the various systems of the body, working on balancing the nervous system as a whole and uh, other things like neurohormones, neurotransmitters, just really trying to bring everything into a healthy balance there so that we don't have anything pulling things back out. And then, like I said, you know, our ultimate goal is optimizing people's wellness. So our last branch is enhanced. This is where we're really helping people with the process of post-traumatic growth. And we're getting into things like neuromeditation, you know, where we're assisting people in entering into this meditative state where they can continue to get you know, experiences and insights and continue the healing process of their brain as well. And we might also include things like um, cognitive or metacognitive strategies. We might use some peptide therapy, uh, which can be really powerful for yeah, <laughs> that's a whole nother um, yeah, meeting that. that we will have to do. <laughs> but those are another kind of exciting new thing that can really enhance the growth of new neurons and reduce inflammation and really have a pretty powerful effect on somebody's functioning. So yeah, so those that's how it all integrates is we look at the whole program and try to address the person from various angles, getting rid of what's harming the brain and then really trying to repair the damage and optimize. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I just want to recap that we of course we've talked about a lot of things from adrenal stress to inflammation to all of it, uh, and brain trauma. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just don't want our listeners to miss that piece that, yeah, you just said, Oh crap. No, I'm losing my words. Uh, oh no. Where did it go? It'll come back to me. Shoot. All right. Clearly I need to come see you. All right. What's happening? Yeah, let's get started. <laughs> Oh goodness. All right. Oh, oh, well, anyway. Um, so yeah, I just think that in, you know, if you've had any kind of inkling about, oh, that's, that happens to me through this conversation, then maybe you should just get, oh, I remember what it was is, is not having enough feel good thoughts, right? Like I think uh, yeah. a lot, especially right now, a lot of people aren't necessarily having a lot of feel good thoughts. It's mostly based in fear. And, mm. uh, if you, you know, have any desire to get more feel good thoughts, that's a great <laughs> reason to come get your brain scanned and let's just check it out and see what, see what's going on in there. Yeah, for sure. I think it's nice to even just get an idea of where we're at, what's going on inside and, um, then go from there. You know, I do offer complimentary consultations. So even if somebody wants to just chat with me or run some questions by me, like I'd be happy to chat with them. So awesome. Awesome. And, yeah. um, uh, I also just got wind that 
uh, and I, I don't know, I might have the story wrong, but you have like this awesome, exciting thing that might be happening for the, the, the police force. Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, we're having a meeting next week. It oh. was from another podcast interview where we were talking about um, how first responders can help heal their brains. Yeah. And um, apparently some people at the national level had seen the podcast and um, or heard the podcast and were very interested in meeting. They have some initiative that they're working on to really address the effects of um, everything that first responders are exposed to and how that is harming their brains. And so, yeah, very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you can, if you're interested in hearing that interview, find it on hero talk. That's yes. Roger Ruby's <laughs> podcast. So, um, really, uh, designed for first responders and emergency 911 people. So, um, yeah. Anyway, thank you for all the amazing work you're doing because goodness knows that that population needs our help right now more than anything. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, yeah. So it'll be fun to, to see the unfoldment of that. Uh, I will be sure to put your links and your contact information on the show notes. And I also, right. um, do you, I also want to let our listeners know about your special that you're offering. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So mm -hmm. the complimentary consultation and then a 50% off of an initial brain assessment for anyone mm -hmm. who contacts us contacts her, not us <laughs> her within the next week. So, um, now this, this is, we'll be going, this podcast will be going live in a few weeks. So we'll, mm -hmm. we'll leave that open for those listeners as well. Is that? Yes, most you? definitely. Awesome. Yep. Just ah. trying to make it a little more feasible for people to, you know, get started. So yeah, for sure. That's really awesome. Thank you for that. And yeah. is there anything else you'd like to say before we close? Gosh, uh, I'm just so grateful that we've been able to do this. You know, you're such an amazing individual. And <laughs> so I think that, you know, you're doing amazing work as well. And it was such a pleasure to get to experience what you do too. You know, it's amazing how the two really work together so synergistically. So, oh, yes. I can't wait to have a deeper conversation with you about that. Most definitely. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is so good. So many possibilities. <laughs> yes, yes. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being here. Thanks for your time. Thank you for your valuable wisdom. And I look forward to sharing more time with you. Most definitely. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the ultimate biohack for women. If you'd like to dive deeper with our tribe, join us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you'd like to help grow our tribe, share this episode with your friends. Let's bring this light to our community so that other women can know their true power and we can create a tribe together worth being in. This podcast is for information purposes only. Dr. Brandy Victory is not a medical doctor, and the views and statements expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Dr. Brandy Victory and the producers, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.